0: Well, hello everyone, Mike Kliss here and welcome to the latest edition of Kliss's Mic Drop, the podcast put on here by uh, Nine News. Let's call this the off-season phase two edition of Kliss's Mic Drop. Phase two, of course, being uh, the NFL off-season program. Phase one for the Broncos had about 20 guys there, 21, 22. Uh, Jawan James uh, uh, infamously uh, got hurt. Uh, tore his uh, Achilles out for the season. Broncos put him on non-football injury because he suffered the injury away from the facility, which means that the team, they also terminated him, released him. Uh, they do not plan on paying him the $10.58 million in salary that they owe him this year. We'll see. Uh, DeMora Smith, the union uh, chief, just said that he expects a settlement or a grievance on Jawan James Uh, as of now from what I understand it'll probably have to be a grievance the Broncos I do not think uh, will reach a settlement other than um, you know I don't think they'll if they don't go after the signing bonus which uh, they they by rights could go after three million of the signing bonus if they don't do that if they don't go back and try to get a refund on the 150,000 opt-out that uh, uh, advance they gave them last year um, that also could be part of a settlement so so maybe technically that would be a settlement but uh... Juwan james looking at being out ten and a half million uh... this year uh, today on our podcast on cliss's mic drop we talked to two rookies second round running back javante williams and also third round linebacker baron browning junior uh... junior because his dad uh... played at tcu quite the football player his brother played at stanford so uh, Baron Browning uh, comes from quite the lineage of uh, football and his family. He's been better at outside linebacker, edge rusher for Ohio State. The Broncos are trying to make him an inside linebacker because he has such superior athleticism. Um, we'll see. He has to improve on the diagnosing of the plays. There was a uh, quote that uh, circulated uh, this week that uh, Wayne Gretzky said uh, many years ago. Uh, Gretzky said, The good players are uh, uh, where the puck is. The great players are where the puck is going to be. And I think the same applies uh, in football, using uh, football uh, as the substitute uh, ball of choice there. Um, I, you know, the, the great inside linebackers are where the, um, where the ball is. Uh, they react to the ball. The great ones anticipate uh, where that football is going to be. So, uh, Baron Browning will have to work on anticipating to fill a much needed hole as a kind of a, a, a sub package uh, inside linebacker for the Broncos. Um, and then, also, a nice uh, talk with Javante Williams. Tell you what, uh, Pat Sertan and Javante Williams, it's almost like the Broncos have two can't miss. Prospects in this draft, and then after that, you have a combination of reaches. Uh, you have a combination of guys with uh, with uh, talent, but um, y- you know they they, they either opted out or they haven't shown their potential yet. Uh, but they have the athleticism that is uh, that is worth uh, drafting and developing and hoping that you uh, hit it big. Uh, Javante Williams, though. Uh, one of the guys that the Broncos really like, a running back who's going to share time with Melvin Gordon. This week was also about Phase 2. Uh, as you, as we told you, about 20, 21, 22 players showed up for Phase 1, which was four weeks of conditioning. It was strictly Lauren Landau, the strength and conditioning coach, in the weight room running sprints. No football-related uh, uh, activity. No coaches on the field for instruction. Phase 2, which started this week, and it's only one week, uh... there is on field of uh, football drills uh... there are individual drills i think you can run eleven on zero but you can't go eleven on eleven and that's one week the coaches are on the field and then um next week on monday you're going to have eleven on eleven OTAs, which is very similar to the practices they run in training camp and all during the regular season also the mini camp that's a four week period It'll start Monday and run through uh, June 18th, which is uh, a Saturday, I do believe. And um, So anyway, more than 70, I was told, uh, Mike Boone showed up today, uh, the backup running back, so there's at least 72, if not 75, if not 78 players who have showed up out of the 90 on the roster. Um, It's a union thing. The union does not want players showing up this offseason. Uh, The Broncos' two main uh, union reps, Justin Simmons and Brandon McManus, did not show up for Phase 2. We'll see. I'll be very surprised if they don't show up for Phase 3. That's the OTA portion, so we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, that's how it went there. Uh, You know, I think there was a combination of two things on why there were an additional... First of all, there are 20-plus rookies that showed up. So you go from 20 in Phase 1 to 20 more rookies. That's 40. And then I think the extra 30 to 35 veterans who showed up is because the rookies were showing up. Uh, If you're a veteran, you don't want to give the rookies an advantage. Uh, You want to keep your job. So um, not surprising that 30 to 35 showed up. There was also the Juwan James. Deshaun Hamilton suffered a torn ACL last week. He uh, is also done for the season. He was put on NFI, non-football injury related, which means the Broncos Uh, Don't plan on paying him. They were going to cut him if they couldn't trade him. They had the framework, I think, of a a trade in place with San Francisco, a conditional seventh-round pick. Uh, His $2.2 million was non-guaranteed, so um, there's no promise that he would have got paid anyway, even with the trade. And so uh, now a tough break for uh, Deshaun Hamilton. See if there's a settlement there for Deshaun. But in the meantime, we have an interview first with Javonte Williams, the fine second-round running back from North Carolina, very smart running back, a very instinctive and powerful running back that the Broncos got with the third pick in the second round. The Broncos trading up from 40 to 35 to take Javonte Williams. And let's listen to that interview right now. Devontae, uh, I have some of the Wunderlich scores for all the uh, draft picks, I'd never embarrass those who didn't test so well, but do you know among all the draft picks who scored the highest?
1: Uh, I think it was Justin Fields?
0: Uh, No, uh, for the Broncos I'm talking about.
1: Oh, nah, I don't know.
0: That would be you. (laughs) (laughs) You're the guy with the highest test scores, you were a high school class valedictorian, uh, where did you get your smarts from mom dad both uh, education important to you growing up?
1: Yes, sir um, It's definitely something they uh, drilled in me when I was young um, From youth like from a little kid I always had to like do my homework first before I could go play so um, I Mean it really stuck with me and uh, making good grades I used to get like gifts and stuff from my parents, so that's something I always try to do
0: Tell us about uh, mom and dad.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, my mom a school teacher. My dad's a barber um a real close family. Um, I get everything from them, just like how hard I work and things like that. And they—they're the best parents I can ask for better.
0: Talk about at North Carolina. There's much made about uh, you're always part of a committee. Did you ever want to be the bell cow, or were you always, you know, you shared carries with uh, Michael Carter the last couple of years, and you guys were very effective? But uh, did you ever want to be the bell cow?
1: Um. Yeah. Just. Uh. Just saying. Like. Um. Like the accolades and things that other players get, like you always want to be like the star on the team or the main player. But I mean, when when you got another great player like Michael Carter, um, and y'all both work so well together and they help the team, um, you, you can't really be selfish at that. Um, as long as the team's doing good, I mean, I'm cool with anything.
0: And for the, uh, for the NFL, as you come in, uh, to your rookie season, uh, from what I understand, you're completely clean health wise. Uh, you got fresher legs than maybe most backs.
1: Yes, sir. Um I, I honestly feel like that came from like being with Mike in the committee. Um just not getting as many uh hits and things as other players did. Um so yeah, that's one of the pluses from being on the committee also.
0: One uh scouting term we, we heard repetitively after they draft you was contact balance. And uh you talk about uh, when you were a linebacker in, in high school that uh, uh, you know all about contact. Do you think that's what uh, has helped you uh, break so many tackles in college?
1: Yes, um, sir. Uh, that linebacker uh, mentality um, is definitely something that has helped my running style and, like you said, helped with my contact balance.
0: One scouting report I read said that uh, you almost quit football in high school out of frustration from recruiting. Uh, is that true, first of all?
1: Uh, yes, sir. I was just gonna go to school, like, and just be like a regular student, um, cause I felt like I deserved like better offers than what I was receiving. So I didn't want to like risk my education just, just to uh, play football at, like a smaller school. So I wanted like the best of both worlds, honestly.
0: Well, you think that might have been because you were a linebacker for three years, and you know maybe got a, a late look uh, at running back.
1: Yes, sir. I definitely think that's what it was.
0: And then, so it seems to me like you're about ready to explode right you you uh you didn't get many looks early in high school uh from the major colleges uh then in college you've got to share the football uh run by committee uh you wind up in the second round you think the nfl's where uh javante williams is going to explode
1: definitely um i think it's my time
0: what about melvin gordon uh tell me what you know about him as a running back
1: uh yeah when i was drafted um he actually reached out to me and was like uh just saying like let's get to work um so, yeah, but I've been watching him since uh, his Wisconsin days. i um, a great player. I know I'm going to learn a lot from him, and I'm ready to compete with him and our other running backs in the room.
0: And tell me about minicamp. What's been your impression so far?
1: Yeah, um, just like anything, change is always different, um, but I'm getting used to it um, being out here in Colorado, um, a beautiful city, um, picking up the plays, uh, everything going smooth. But um, it's just like freshman year is pretty much starting all back over um, and trying to work your way to the top.
0: The altitude, have you felt that yet or haven't you done much with conditioning yet?
1: Oh yeah, we just got out to field. I definitely felt it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Um all right. Well very good, Javante. I uh I appreciate your time and what do you anticipate your role to be this year?
1: Uh honestly I don't know. Like I said uh earlier, I just I'm just gonna do whatever I can to help the team win and we're gonna see where it go from there.
0: All right, Javante. Well thank you very much and good luck to you. Appreciate it. Okay, welcome back to Cliss's Mic Drop. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Javante Williams. Uh, Broncos have high hopes for him. Completely healthy, uh, smart kid, breaks tackles. Uh, He was, as you heard there, he ran by committee with Michael Carter the last couple years. Had some big-time seasons with the Tar Heels under Mack Brown. Um, Could be a good one, a three-down back. I think Melvin Gordon... uh, Melvin Gordon will be the starting running back this year to start. We'll see how it is by midseason. Now we uh, go on to uh, our second interview that we had with the Broncos rookie. In the third round, the last pick of the third round, number 105. The Broncos traded back a couple times in the third round when tackles went off the board. And they wound up with Quinn Miners, a center from Wisconsin Whitewater. The belly, you know all about him. We talked to him last week and um and so now we have uh Baron Browning that um we're going to be talking to now inside linebacker for the Broncos played mostly outside linebacker for the Ohio State Buckeyes a five star recruit out of the uh Dallas area uh dad played major college football at uh TCU brother played uh at Stanford so uh uh Baron Browning has uh, has the genes he has the athleticism now, let's see if uh, Vic Fangio, Reggie Herring can coach him up at inside linebacker. Really enjoyed, uh, very insightful uh, you know, person is uh, Baron Browning. He graduated, he got his degree from Ohio State. I think you'll enjoy this uh, interview with Baron Browning. And then we'll be back to wrap things up here on Cliss's mic drop right after this. Some of your emotions on uh on draft day especially day two it was key i think that uh you know you you leak over you almost leak over into day three you know it's a different world than getting picked in day two and there you were the very last uh pick and there was your name
2: yeah i think my emotions was uh, a little all over the place for the most part I was pretty calm and then, you know, kind of as you wait waiting to get that call, you you know, you, you anticipate it and then you're not getting it as soon as you, you think you will get it. So then you kind of start to get a little uh, anxious, I guess. So, but I mean, I was thankful when I got the call. Um, I'm glad it was the Broncos. I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity.
0: The word is um, the versatility might have hurt you a little bit as far as your draft stock. Everybody loves you as an athlete. You know, you're a five-star recruit coming out of high school. You can run. <clears throat> you got the length. You got you, you know you're strong. You got everything going for you. Ohio State just couldn't figure out if you're an edge rusher, if you're an inside guy. You know, uh, uh, do you th- do you think that hurts you probably a little bit as far as how the NFL teams looked at you? Uh,
2: probably so because um, teams. I know some teams maybe want to take me as an outside, but I didn't have enough film of it. Uh, I mean, I did a little bit during the season. I did some at the Senior Bowl, but just not having enough film. So I definitely think it kind of hurt me just because um, I was I, I embraced the role. You know, I did whatever my team needed me to do. And if I could go back, I would do it all over again because I think I'm a very selfless team player. But um, just kind of playing so many roles and wearing so many different hats, you know, it kind of, I feel like, um, slows down your development in some areas. You know, I couldn't get my pass rush quite as where I wanted to be because I couldn't get uh, the number of snaps I needed for pass rushing. so I kind of feel like it's one of those things that kind of just go hand in hand. It has some pros to being an athlete, but then there's also some cons.
0: Yeah, the scouting report says you're uh, right now more accomplished as an edge rusher. You could be an edge rusher day one. Uh, the Broncos are trying to put you on the inside, inside linebacker. Uh, what do you think of that?
2: Uh, right now, coaches uh, tell me this is where he wants me to work, so that's what I'm doing. Um, I don't know if they plan on moving me. I'm just doing what uh, the coaches ask of me and just being a team player.
0: Okay uh what what about the uh inside uh, linebacker position the the key there is you gotta diagnose quick yeah. right mm-hmm. and uh how, how was that how did that go for you when you were at ohio state?
2: Uh, I think it uh went pretty well once I got the more comfortable feel for it uh, my junior when I got coach out of Washington I feel like I was uh you know doing a great job of diagnosing things and feeling more comfortable in that micro and then my senior they moved me back to the outside so I wasn't kinda really as much back in that micro so I got back acquainted to the outside world so it's just kind of adjusting period, but um, I feel like it won't take me long to adjust back to it.
0: You come from a football family, a college football family. Your dad played at TCU in the in the late nineties. Uh, older brother Barry played at uh, Stanford. I mean, was football always something that uh, from the time pretty much that uh, you're going to kindergarten, uh, when you'd come home from kindergarten, you were playing with the ball in the backyard.
2: I mean, yeah, growing up, I was always playing just throw-up tackle in my front yard, whether it was with my brother and all my cousins or our our neighbors. That's just what we always did. It's fun. So I feel like it was just my natural sport, and the sport I I fell fell in love with first. What
0: What'd you get from dad and uh, your brother, would you say, as you're sitting here right now as a Denver Bronco? Uh, Man, um,
2: I think from my dad, just how to carry myself as a man, you know, just being a straightforward guy. You know, if I if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. Just being accountable, you know, owning up to my wrongs and just, you know, being able to look myself in the mirror and just, like I said, holding myself accountable and carrying myself a certain way. Um, I think one of my favorite ones my dad taught me is, you know, no matter if you've never been somewhere before, walk in the room like you've been there before. So that's something that I always carry with me just as far as my brother. Um, he's just always supportive of me. I think if anything, just, you know, you know, it's okay to be different. I feel like where we come from... Um, it's easy to kind of get distracted or, you know, go down the wrong path. But my brother was a positive role model for me. And uh, I think he, uh, you know, set the example for me.
0: Boy, listening to you talk, uh, uh, you're you're someone who's very mature and and not uh – not shaken by the spotlight, you remind me a little bit of uh, Pat Sertan, the the first round pick. He grew up; his dad was an NFL football player. That helps, doesn't it? As far as handling all this, because I'm sure there's some rookies that you're hanging out with right now in minicamp. Maybe some of the uh, undrafted guys are a little overwhelmed uh, by everything that's going on. But uh, uh, I'm I'm sure for you, you've been around that all your life, and it and it it's helped you.
2: Um. Yeah, just to the point you made about the undrafted guys. I think you know even the guys who were drafted. I feel like we all in the same boat. Um, it's a new defense. It's a new scheme. So we all learn. We all in the same boat. So we we have all the same emotions. I feel. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's an advantage to me. You know, it's very helpful because uh, I can kind of lean on my parent, my brother or my dad for advice. But all in all, I think we all in the same boat and we all in this together.
0: Did you feel any pressure? Uh, you especially coming out of high school when you're a five star recruit and he got to Ohio, at Ohio State. Was there a little pressure on it?
2: Um, yeah, I think there's a natural to have some pressure. You know, you're a young guy going far away from home and, you know, um, people have high expectations for you. So I feel like it's easy to um, kind of get in that mindset of trying to be a people pleaser. And I feel like that's kind of what I did a little early on in my career. But, um, you know, I just kind of learned at the end of the day, people are always going to have something to say, you know, regardless, so I just got to control what I control. And that's my effort and me, you know, being attacked with my playbook and my development.
0: Uh, Barron, what's your immediate thoughts on being a pro, life as a pro, uh, and minicamp? I know it hadn't been that long. It's only been a couple weeks, and it's probably just a whirlwind these last few days. But some of the thoughts on uh, being here with the Broncos as a professional football player. Uh,
2: I think pretty much what kind of uh, Pat, uh, Pastor Chain said just about the mindset of carrying yourself as a professional. I mean, it's not college, so you know, like they said, there's no red shirt, there's no gray shirt. So just kind of coming in and being mature just right away. And um, I think for me, I can't wait to get around the veterans, so I can kind of get around AJ, Josie, uh, Chubb, and Vaughn just to be able to soak up all the knowledge I can because I feel like that's only going to make me a better football player and only going to help me contribute to the team more.
0: Baron, thank you very much for your time. And uh, good luck to you here in uh, your rookie year.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Welcome back to Cliss's Mike Drop. I am Mike Cliss. Hope you enjoyed uh, those uh, two interviews that we just had with Javante Williams, the Broncos second round running back, and Baron Browning. Their uh, third round uh, linebacker, hoping to make an inside linebacker out of Ohio State. Uh, the Broncos had a, had a busy week. We told you about uh, uh, you know, the, the fact that Phase 2 began and more than 70 players showed up. They only have 90 on the roster, so it looks like the, the union boycott, quote-unquote boycott, because it's voluntary, um, is uh, over. Uh, or not over but it's uh, certainly cracked some major leaks and we'll see about phase three uh, there's there's maybe 15 guys that haven't showed up so far Kareem Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, personal matter, he didn't show up Justin Simmons and uh, Brandon McManus didn't show up they're the union reps so they're not going to break ranks uh, quite yet uh, Malik Reed, though, fighting for an outside linebacker position he's there, Vaughn was there uh, who else? Uh, Ronald Darby, at cornerback, was there. Alexander Johnson showed up on his bicycle on Monday. Josie Jewell, both those guys trying to fend off younger players, at inside linebacker. Uh, Deshaun Williams, defensive lineman. Draymond uh, Jones, a defensive lineman, was there. On offense, the key, all the receivers were there for Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, those are, the, those are the four big ones. Of course, uh, Deshaun with the injury last week. Uh, Tyree Cleveland, they're very high on him. He's probably going to be the fifth receiver. Uh, Deontay Spencer was there. Uh, you got Seth Williams, the rookie from Auburn. He was there. Uh, tight ends were all there, uh, led by Noah Fant. Uh, you know, just a few days after, um, uh, you know, the funeral for his mother who passed away. She was... Uh, I think in her uh, early to mid-50s, so a a very sad occasion there. Noah, from what I understand, was very close to his mom. And uh, he showed up for the start of Phase 2 on Monday. The funeral was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Wednesday of last week. Um, So a good showing uh, for the Broncos last week. Broncos really have stepped up in their uh, uh hiring uh diversity diversity hires hiring minorities. It is now 6 that they six diversity hires they've made uh during the off season. Uh let's go say wound joe a scout, uh a western scout uh was just hired uh on Wednesday. Kelly Klein, uh the Broncos say uh kind of segmented her title and and her responsibility so She may be the highest ranking uh, football executive, team football executive uh, in the NFL. Kelly Klein, she comes over from the Vikings. Roman Pfeiffer was hired as a scout. Uh, He also got an executive title. Uh, Roman Pfeiffer, former linebackers coach for the Broncos during the Josh McDaniels years, he was also a starting linebacker uh, and special teams player. Uh, for Bill Belichick's New England Patriots in their at least one of their Super Bowls, but he has he he was a big contributor on all three Super Bowl teams, two thousand one, two thousand three, two thousand four. Those were the first three uh, New England Super Bowls. I think they got six now, right? Six, and and Brady just won his seventh uh, with 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 Tampa Bay. Also on the diversity hires, uh, Christian Parker. Uh, defensive back coach Chris Cook, offensive quality control, Pierre Go, who's uh, with Lauren Landau, strength and conditioning, and on top of all that, the Broncos created uh, a head of diversity and uh, department, vice president of diversity, and that's China Jude. So, Broncos really stepping up uh, in diversity uh, this off season um, after um, they received a, a little bit of criticism. Uh, for lack of diversity for a few years going back uh, but they've really picked it up there also uh, the Broncos uh, in news this week Pat Sertan their number nine overall draft pick I think uh, five years from now it'll be interesting to see Uh, Justin Fields was their quarterback that they really worked on they spent more time evaluating and discussing Justin Fields uh, than they did any other prospect uh, in this draft Um, Couple of reasons why they didn't go with Fields. Uh, one, uh, you know, George Payton, he liked Justin Fields, but he couldn't get a consensus on on Justin Fields. Some loved him, uh, some didn't like him. Uh, the uh, and Pat Sert- Sertan, everyone liked him. Uh, he was he was a scout's dream. There, there's not there's not a flaw in the game. Uh, he's a tremendous cornerback. The feeling is Sertan after five years is almost certain to have two Pro Bowls and Fields could either be a great quarterback or he could uh, be one of the uh, five quarterbacks uh, or one of the young quarterbacks that don't work out of the top five quarterbacks in the draft Trevor Lawrence uh, Zach Wilson Trey Lance um, Justin Fields and Mac Jones Mac Jones went 15 in New England Fields went 11 to the Bears so they all went and the top 15 uh, you know it would be outstanding if three of the five worked out statistically two to three will not work out they will be considered busts five or six years from now and so sertan was a, a safer choice he was the uh, what they call what scouts call a cleaner choice and uh you didn't want to you didn't want to miss with that number nine pick that's where george payton was and so he took the guy that he thought was uh, had the best chance. And uh, we'll see how that uh, works out for George Payton and the Broncos five years from now. Because there's a their four-year contract. Sertan signed a four-year, $21 million contract. It gave him a $12.6 million signing bonus. Just to show you how much uh, that number nine spot uh, means versus Jerry Judy, who went number 15 last year. Judy last year with a larger salary cap number um it, you know for payroll to spread around Judy had an 8.6 million dollar signing bonus. Sertan 12.6 this year as he goes 6 slots higher. I tell you what, every slot um you know is worth almost a million dollars, 750,000. So congratulations to Pat Sertan. Hopefully he works out and Vic Fangio figures out what to do with all those cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller, Uh, um, Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby, Pat Sertan. That's four starters and usually only two start. So, (laughs) I mean, I know you use a sub, but usually there's only three cornerbacks in the sub. So it'll be interesting to see who the fourth man out is. I guess you're going to go with four cornerbacks quite a bit this year. Um, We'll see. We'll see how he employs it. But phase two finishes up this week. Next week is the start of OTAs. And uh, we'll see how Drew Locke Teddy Bridgewater compete. Um, just about all the running backs are there except for Melvin Gordon. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see Melvin on Monday. Um, uh, we'll see all the tight ends are there. All the uh, all the receivers are there. Almost all the offensive linemen are there. The right tackles, the new right tackles, Bobby Massey and Cam Flynn uh, are not there yet. I think they'll be there on Wednesday. So anyway, just... Uh, you know, people ask me, what do I do during the offseason? Do I cover baseball? Tell you what, the Broncos just keep you so busy uh, with all the offseason comings and goings. And uh, there's been a lot of it uh, this offseason already. So thank you for uh, uh, tuning in to Cliss's Mic Drop. Uh, we talked to, and thank you to Javante Williams and Baron Browning for joining us uh, here on Cliss's Mic Drop uh, podcast. And we'll do this again next week as uh we update this with the uh phase three uh portion of klissa's mic drop. Thanks for listening everybody and have a great week.